Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Thanks a lot for hanging out. I'm Pete, uh, and uh, the last name is Kaliner, and it's spelled K-A-L-I-N-E-R. I had no choice in the matter. Um, although I guess I could have taken a different name yeah, when I got into radio. In fact, I did operate for a while under an assumed name when I worked for the Hornets that season. That should be a trivia question. What did I go by? What was my, huh? You know what it is? What was my uh, yeah? What was my assumed name when I when I worked for the Hornets for a season? Uh, anyway, we were talking about COVID. We were talking about Mandy Cohen, uh, who, as I understand, has it going on, and uh, that's the song. Oh, that's the song. I didn't make that up. For no, for real. It's Buffington. It's the yeah. It's this guy. See? Mandy Cohen has got it going on. See, I didn't make it up. So uh, we so we started with Mandy Cohen, and then we got into the audio from uh, Nadler and Chip Roy and Congressman Kiley and all that. All of that that window, that pandemic window, right? We saw this this rampant spending that has now sent us into this inflationary period, right? And and it changed the way. Uh, businesses operate, and sometimes, you know, for the worse, but sometimes for the better. But, you know, businesses adapt, people adapted and all that. But one of the lasting impacts has been on the, you know, working in the office culture. And there are a lot of people that, you know, are very, very invested in getting everybody back into the office. They they think, like, the office culture is is awesome everywhere and, like, no, it's not. <laughs> there are a lot of there are a lot of terrible office environments. So if people can work from home, and and this is the thing, you also kind of figured out who actually produces, who is self motivated employee, and who isn't. Right? Who gets their work done when no one is looking over their shoulder to make sure the work gets done? And I think it. I mean, I think it was uh, enlightening for some businesses and managers. The problem now is that a lot of people don't want to go back to work, right? They don't want to go like physically go back to the office. They want to stay working from home. And so you got these businesses that are trying to figure out, okay, how do we not lose employees who can then go and work from home for other businesses, right? But then what do we do with all this office space? Because if they're coming in, if you're going to make them come in one, two, three days a week or whatever, then that means you still need square footage for them. You still need to you know, pay to have air conditioning and the lights on and all of this other stuff. So, so your costs aren't necessarily coming down when you're still having them come into the office for a few days out of each week. So there's that. I'm going to get into this. Let me get to a couple more emails here on the on COVID and all. Um so this was from 
No, okay. Eight Godzillas. Not seven, not nine. Eight Godzillas. That's the that's their name. Pete, when you guys at WBT talk about Gibby Harris, I wish someone would remind the listeners that on March 24, 2020, Gibby Harris told the Mecklenburg County Commissioners that you cannot contract COVID-19 through sex. She said it twice. This was in response to questions from representatives of UNC Charlotte who were asking for a specific reason she is an idiot. <laughs> I was not aware. I was not aware she said that. You cannot contract this. So March 24th, twenty twenty. Look, was that that was like that was around the same time Nancy Pelosi was like, hey, everybody, uh, come to Chinatown. Everybody, yeah, yeah, come on down to Chinatown. Chinatown, where yeah. they don't speak even English in right. Chinatown. Right. So come on down and don't be a bigot. Don't be a bigot and, and, and be worried about the Wuhan flu, right? I said it. Um, <laughs> so at the very beginning, it is comical how, how, the, how quick people flipped. And they thought, I mean, that's, it, it really was a long-term experiment in gaslighting, right? It really was. Don't wear the masks. Don't need the masks. Masks don't work. Okay, wear the masks. Oh, you got to wear the masks. Got to wear three masks or else you're killing grandma. And now, okay, maybe they didn't work, but I never said don't wear them and I never forced you not to do anything or do anything. I don't even know who you are. Like, I just got here, right? Like, there's just a massive gaslighting effort underway on this stuff. Um, but I did not know that I was not here on March 24th, 2020. I had not mentioned Gibby Harris um, I was not watching the uh, the Mecklenburg County uh, press conferences. I, there was one. There was one that I watched, I think, because it was ridiculous. Um, it made news for some reason. It was later on. It made news. And so I went back and pulled the video, and I, I dragged some people, maybe the county manager on it. I forget. Oh, yeah, it was when she was going out of town. I think that was the deal. When she went out of town to go visit her family. And then, meanwhile, they were telling everybody else, don't visit family for the holidays. But she said that she had made that decision for herself. Yeah. Right, exactly. You make the decision for yourself. But you don't, but, right, but you're going to lock everybody else down and don't let them make decisions for themselves. Because you determined that you were, you were cleared to go, so you're okay to make that call for yourself, but everybody else is not. Um... Let's see here. This is from Cat. All the COVID scarecrows are now acting as if they're emergency orders, a.k.a. liberty snatchers, and mask and vaccine mandates never happened at the scale that it did. However, I believe there are many non-compliers. We just took the... Ab- yeah, I think there were a lot of non-compliers. Um, we just took the abuse, especially being called dumb and uneducated for not following the science and data barfed at us on a daily basis. But we kept our bodily sovereignty. That's what really makes people mad now. We were right, and the virtue-signaling, gullible, smart people were wrong. Ha! Who's the idiot now? Well, I also think, uh, Kat, I also think there are a lot of people that are saying what you're saying, but we're, but we're totally on board with it all, too. A lot of people are playing this role now as well. Also, I don't know if there are COVID scarecrows. Wouldn't it be lions? The, the, the cowardly lion? Who actually did have courage. So maybe no scarecrow because no brain. Gotcha. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, so yeah, there's a lot. There are a lot of people that are trying to rewrite history. You know, for me, everything that I thought about the pandemic as it was going on, it's all available at the podcast. It's still there. I've not taken anything down. All my tweets still are up. You can go back and see everything that I have said from the very beginning. You can listen to all the interviews I did from the very beginning, for good or bad. I'm going to donate it to a museum along with my brain. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I'm gonna. Did you hear about this story where somebody is? Where is it? There's. They were stealing brains. Did you hear this? They were stealing brains out of Harvard, which headline there? Brains at Harvard. That's. Um. Well, and other and other body parts. Skin too. This is awful. I mean, they were dead people that had donated their bodies to science, but. The guy who was running the morgue, he had a bit of a little side action going, and he was selling he was selling body parts, like custom orders. You could ask, hey, you know, I need a face. For real. Like bones or skulls and stuff, and, they, and, and then he would get them to you. I was surprised at the pricing on this stuff, though. Yeah, like $600 for, so 300 bucks for a desiccated face. Um, 200 bucks for a brain. You can get a brain, $200. Who knew they were so cheap? You would think at that price point, more people would have them, right? Um, and this email from Stan, uh, Pete, the COVID saying that the COVID mandates were voluntary is like saying social security and the income tax are voluntary. After all, nobody's forcing you with like a whip or something to sign your social security card or your income tax return. But, yes, we'll just deprive you of your liberty if you don't. See? No force here. No force. If I were to guess where you could buy brains, I have to acknowledge I would never have even thought Massachusetts, particularly Boston. I would not have thought Boston would be selling brains. Robert, welcome to the program. Hello, Robert. Hello, Pete. Hey. Nice to you, brother. Hey, I think you're missing the real story here. That that would be I, likely. Well, I I think this dead brain story. Yeah. I think if you check the client list, you'll find a lot of Democrats on it. <laughs> no, <thank> <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Have a good one. Buddy. All right, man. You too. Thank you, Robert. Uh, yeah, that's true. They're probably all registered voters. A group of people stole and sold off human remains from Harvard Medical School's morgue, federal prosecutors say, with a grand jury indicting the morgue's manager and his wife. The body part stealing scheme stretched from 2018 to early 2023, according to a complaint filed in federal court in Scranton, Pennsylvania, where one of the defendants lives. Another defendant runs a store called Cat's Creepy Creations. And that's with C. It's cat with a K. And then CC. So it's not a KKK place. Again, that would be bad branding. But Cat's Creepy Creations in Peabody, Massachusetts. Cedric Lodge is the morgue manager. Well, was. He's accused of letting buyers come into the morgue to pick what remains they wanted to buy. And then he would steal the parts of donated cadavers like brains, skin, and bones. Take them to his home in New Hampshire and then ship them to buyers through the mail. Prosecutors also say that his wife, Denise Lodge, 
as well as Katrina McLean, Joshua Taylor, Matthew Lampy, Jeremy Pauley. They've all been charged. A mortician from Arkansas was previously charged in the investigation as well. A federal grand jury brought charges of conspiracy and transporting stolen goods across state lines against all six people if convicted 15 years in prison for the charges. Some crimes defy understanding, said U.S. Attorney, Ger- uh, US Attorney Gerard Karam. Cedric Lodge, 55, was fired. On May 6th, the Harvard Medical Deans wrote to the community in a message titled, An Abhorrent Betrayal. The university has been working with federal investigators and examining logs of cremations to see which anatomical donors may have been affected by the incident. It's interesting the amount of outrage I'm seeing about this over selling of the dead body parts versus the selling of the other dead body parts. That was kind of a scandal, too. Remember that one a couple years ago? Undercover video, Planned Parenthood thing? Yeah. Um, Cats Creepy Creations. It's a shop that sells horror and macabre-themed oddities. Multiple posts on the website or the Instagram page depict what it says are human skulls, including one from February 2020 that says, quote, if you're in the market for human bones, hit me up. Really, guys? Just right out there on the Instagram? Just, you just, you, you just gramming bones. Okay. Um, there were a couple of messages. Uh, one person, uh, they said there's a busy black market. Uh, McLean allegedly paid $600 for two desiccated faces that she picked up at the school's morgue from Cedric Lodge. Months later, Taylor uh, from Pennsylvania sent Denise Lodge $200, and I guess it was a check because there's a memo with it. So I guess that's on the check line, the memo line, and it says, Brains. These are not very good criminals. But then again, they got away with it for like six years. So I guess they were, yeah, I, mean, I guess they were okay. But I mean, like you're advertising this stuff on Instagram accounts, guys. Another one had an Instagram account that shows all sorts of human remains for sale, including brains, teeth, and bone. You realize those are human remains. People are going to start asking, hey, how did you get the dead bodies? Right? Like that's, do you not think, did you not think about that? I'm, you're advertising dead bodies. And people generally think when there's a dead body, some sort of crime might have occurred. You know, just, well, anyway, Massachusetts, man, I'll tell you what. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Three different publications in Charlotte over the last two weeks have done stories on commercial real estate. This is a problem. These are sort of uh, like when you start seeing the you start seeing the trend, you know, one story, it's like, oh, okay, it's an interesting story. And then you see the other one, 
you know, like you got the Charlotte Observer, and, and you got the Charlotte Ledger, and you got um, Business NC. And they're all looking at the same story, which is commercial real estate. So first, let me start at uh, David Mildenberg, businessnc.com. I recommend you uh, get their newsletter, email. Uh, Grub, Clay Grubb, local uh, developer guy, um, believes that many suburban office buildings have lost 70% of their value in recent years because of rising interest rates and a struggling economy. While many older downtown office properties are down at least 50%. Even fully leased buildings are worth maybe 30% less than three years ago. He cites one of his office buildings that's 100% leased, but it needs to be refinanced, and no lenders are interested in backing the deal because of concerns over market conditions, while banks are facing regulatory pressure to avoid office projects as well. Quote, it may be the first building in our history where we give the keys back to the lender. That is bad. They're, that's bad. They generally don't like doing that. Lenders don't like it either because now they have the property. They're not in the real estate business. All right? They're not, they're not in the business of being a landlord. Industry-wide, Clay Grubb is concerned that commercial property owners will face a rash of bankruptcies among tenants. That's the next shoe to drop. He's urging the Fed to emphasize that it will not raise rates for at least three or four months, hoping to calm the market. Grub Properties is mostly focused on apartment development now, more than office projects. Uh, It operates in 26 cities. It sold virtually all of its properties in the southeast during the pandemic, reaping record prices because of red-hot demand from multifamily investors. Many of those apartments were built in the 1980s and 90s. All right, so there's Business NC. Story by David Mildenberg. Here's Tony Messia at the Charlotte Ledger. It's been no secret that the office market has fallen on hard times, but you might not have realized just how empty some of these uptown office towers really are. According to figures we requested from real estate data provider, CoStar, there are 10 office towers in Uptown Charlotte that list more than half of their square footage as available for lease. That is amazing. Ten of those off, ten of those towers are less than half full right now. And that does not include office towers that just aren't leasing. They're mostly empty space. Like uh, two Wells Fargo building. Used to be Wachovia, right? Wells Fargo, two. I think that's the that's the white one there, the old white one. Um, that's mostly empty, but it's not being leased. There are another ten office buildings that are between twenty five percent and fifty percent empty. So twenty buildings. Uh, consolidated space because of hybrid and work-from-home arrangements. That's one of the causes. Older buildings in the center of Uptown are being left for newer buildings, particularly in South End. Um, by the way, like I've heard you know, like this, these discussions about creating entertainment districts and social districts and the like, and 
I thought that's what Uptown was supposed to be. That's what Uptown was billed as, right? You're getting all of this, all these people, right? Who's living Uptown? There are so many more apartment buildings all over Uptown. I don't know. Maybe did they just keep moving into different sections? Like so now, like a lot of like like bars and restaurants, because so, because that's what happens, right? If nobody's around, they're going to move out. They're going to move to where all of the the bar hopping people are. If you, and if you can go to one district and hit seven different bars, ten different bars or breweries or whatever, then that's where people are going to go. So they could just walk around. That's what I thought you were trying to build in Uptown, in Center City. Other reasons include higher than usual interest rates, construction costs. Coincidentally, the Charlotte Business Journal also did a story, but you got to pay to get in there. And I, Maybe next year I'll add that into the subscription budget line item. I do like it. I just it's it's behind a paywall, so I couldn't see. But the name of this was called "Looming Trouble," and it quoted industry officials. One of whom said uh, that the quote situation uptown is not as dire as it may seem. And then he brought in Kevin Bacon to tell us all that all is well, all is well. Tony Messia concludes his piece. Maybe dire is not the right word, but having so many. Majority empty uptown office towers kind of seems like a huge problem, both for the owners of the towers and for an uptown that wants to continue to be a vibrant area. There's no obvious policy solution. We understand many of the towers are unsuitable to be converted into apartments, for instance. I've heard that idea kicked around, but if you can't do that, then what do you what do you make of the? Oh, I got an idea. All right. I have an idea. Indoor rock walls. You hollow the building out. I mean, some of these buildings, like 20 stories, 30 stories, right? You hollow the building out, and you just you put, um, you put climbing walls, rock climbing walls, all the way up the interior. So you can, you can climb all the way, like 30 stories up. No bad I- there are no bad ideas in the cone of creativity. I'm just spitballing here. By the way, this is what people are very concerned about out in San Francisco, where it's like every single day there's another story of like really big companies pulling out. Westfield is the latest. It's giving up its namesake San Francisco Mall in the wake of Nordstrom's planned closure, surrendering the city's biggest shopping center to its lender. So it's so to be clear, like so this is the shopping mall. Nordstrom is out. So the shopping mall is walking away from the mortgage, which that, I mean, the liability then that you take on from that is like the, the credit rating, right? That's a bad thing for a company to do. And now you've got a lender that has property and they don't want it either. And meanwhile, you got a big empty building in the middle of your downtown. This after we heard, what, a week ago that two big hotels are closing and that owner is walking away from them. Walking away from those notes, too. It's like San Francisco is in this. That's why I'm, uh, I keep doing these stories and keep giving these updates. This doom loop. Like the, nobody knows how to get out of this thing because it's just getting worse. Oh, hey, real quick. Before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, 
radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? All right, so one out of five office floors in Uptown Charlotte sit vacant right now. One out of five office floors, the entire floor, 20% of all the floors, empty. If you took all the empty space, put it all in one building, as I recommended for my rock climbing uh, endeavor, put it all in one building, it would fill the Bank of America Tower three times. That's according to Gordon Rago's piece over at the Charlotte Observer. Three Bank of Americas are empty right now. Mark, welcome to the program. How are you? Uh, doing well, Pete. I hope you are. I am. Uh, this is this is a this death of the center city is a massive, massive story, and I'm going to try to cover 25 years in about two minutes of it. Go. Because if you go back to if you go back to the uh, mid to late 90s, Charlotte Observer had a piece on how the center city was the economic engine, the economic driver for the entire region. Yep. And they had this thing where you had all these, like, five different light rail lines all running in, running to trade and try on, et cetera, et cetera. Now, that was, that was the premise. And then you had the south, the south Line, the McCrory Line, if you will, right. coming up South Boulevard. And we were told, oh, this is going to solve congestion, et cetera, et cetera. But then Ron Tober and McCrory both admitted that in order for this thing to be economically feasible, you really were going to have to double the number of people working in Uptown from the early 2000s. Now we see COVID. Companies are realizing they can work from home. We don't need a cubicle farm at Trade and Try On anymore. Mm-hmm. Why are we paying all this money for this? Well, and what's and more, reason, why are people sacrifi- Yeah, why are people sacrificing uh, uh, sacrificing chunks of their life on their commutes? Exactly. Exactly. If I can, if I can work from anywhere on the planet. Why shouldn't I live at the beach mm-hmm. or the mountains? You know, I mean, it's as simple as that. Well, you can, uh, the mountains is a problem because they don't have a lot of internet up there. That's the problem. Well, but the pro- but the the real <laughs> problem is the fact that again, back in the '90s, you had all these urban planners, the neo traditionalists, et cetera, that were saying, "Oh, this is how we have to plan cities, et cetera, et cetera." And now the solution is, if you look at the World Economic Forum, we're going to have 15 minute cities where everybody lives in their little cubicle. Okay, and everything's within 15 minutes, and you're not going to need a car, not even an electric car. You'll have a scooter, you'll bike, and you'll walk. Well, it's this is what the planners are giving us. Right. Well, it's going to be as big a failure. It is. uh, It's another example of how by the time government gets around to, you know, fixing a problem, uh, they're usually about 20 years too late. Right. Um, Like that's when, you know, uh, you know, a recession's over when Congress passes some sort of spending bill aimed at minimizing the recession. That's like throughout all of the history, whenever they do those, those types of bills, it's already over. Um, and so they're trying they're like, they're, they're like, Oh, we have this idea and we're going to plan all of this for the future for 10, 20 years down the road. But the hubris there is that they don't know what the future holds. And so there could come a technology much like the internet and 5g. And now everybody has access to the internet and can work remotely. And 
Yeah, they how do you they didn't see it coming because of course how could you see all of this coming? You couldn't know a pandemic was coming and everybody would start you know, working you know from why? home. Because like you say, it's the hubris. Mm-hmm. These people think they're gods. I was at a meeting one time for planning and zoning where some guy from uh, uh, UNC, the uh, uh, shoot, uh, the government school up there. And he came out and he said the basis for you know planning and zoning in North Carolina is that which is not permitted is prohibited. This was 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. That is, that assumes a level of knowledge and forecasting that is beyond any human capability. But that's the way these people in government think. Right. All they do is screw things up. Well, because they got the well, they got their they got their degrees and they got their training and their expertise, and so yeah, they 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 yeah. believe that and they know. And they slap each other on the back and go, harumph, harumph. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we got to protect our phony baloney jobs. Yeah. Mark, good to hear from you, buddy. Hi, man. I appreciate you. Oh, here you go. Kevin. He likes my rock wall idea. It's so millennial, right? Could you imagine? We would have the, the world's tallest rock wall, indoor rock wall. It'd be 20, 30 stories high. You know me. I'm all about solutions. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.